we're just using American over-the-counter stuff, which would probably cure the common cold in a small horse. <laughs> Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 42. Today we'll be talking about sick babies and sick me, if you can't tell by the sound of my voice. But before we get into that, let's do some Coda updates. So Mark, take it away. I just want to clarify, when you say sick babies, you're not saying like, hey, those are some cool babies, right? Those are some sick babies. My slang is not that on point, so (laughs) I'm pretty literal with it. Just good old fashioned sick babies. Actual sick babies. Cool. Yeah. Coda, two days ago, Hmm. turned six months old so we got a little half year old boy almost crawling around he's rolling around and uh yeah doing pretty good on some solid foods what do we got him on now we got rice sweet potatoes spinach carrots and fish i saw the fish video and he seemed to just dive in and love it yeah yeah he was all about it it was okay i think the only thing he hasn't really liked Actually, he hasn't disliked anything so far. It's all been pretty good. He has phases where he's like, no, I don't want this today so much, but he eats it anyway. Mm-hmm. So Nico's the same way. He hasn't really yeah. rejected anything at all yet. And nice. sometimes he gets it in his mouth. He gets a weird look on his face while he's chewing, but it's never like a full on rejection. He kind of mm. takes it all. And we actually, my wife keeps track of the different things we fed him. And he just passed 30 different things the other day. Wow. He said like 30 different types of food at this point, mostly vegetables, um, but a couple of fruits, a couple of proteins mixed in there. It doesn't seem like a big number, but when you think about it for like a little kid, like not having anything in his life, these are the first 30 things he's ever had. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. it is. I mean, and you're kind of running the gamut there because you'll get through a lot of vegetable, like most common vegetables are in that 30 and a lot of fruits and yeah. of course, bread, rice, and then even some like chicken and so on is kind of mixed up in some purees. Mm. So um, he might have eaten everything that he will ever eat. He's already experienced <laughs> it in these first seven months. Possibly. Nice. I think we're only up to maybe 10 so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did have a tomato too, which That's good. I think that tomato gave him pause a little bit he was like i'm not Uh sure about this it's a little sour maybe yeah we gave nico a tomato and it was right off a tomato plant here at the house we're staying at my uh, my dad's house so it was a real cherry tomato mashed through a screen and uh, he had some of that and he's had a few tomatoes even from the neighbor brought some other types of tomatoes down Hmm. so all of his tomato at this point has been like fresh homegrown stuff and cool. as you say, I think it's a little much because it's kind of acidic. It's yeah. kind of like watery and seedy and a little sour. And it, it, the babies don't know what to make of it, but um, mm. he hasn't turned it away. And it's a good one to mix with other stuff. If something else is a little pasty, like if your right. carrots or something are a little uh, too clumpy in the pureed form, you can have some tomato and carrots and it's perfectly good. I found that it works really well with the fish. Because the fish gets uh-huh. a little dry and clumpy. Mm. So if you put the tomato in with it and mix it, then it's, I mean, it's practically dinner at that point. Yeah, he's on his way. <laughs> he's on his way to like a five course meal at this point. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we did go to a uh, kid's birthday party here, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. 
I don't remember going to a ton of birthday parties in America, but I've been to a few of friends' kids' parties. And but in Japan, it's like you have this like very multicultural mix of people. And especially the party we went to, it was like a it was a Brazilian woman's kids' party. Her kid is Brazilian, half Russian. A lot of、mm-hmm. her friends who brought kids are Russian, who brought either full Russian kids or half Russian, half Japanese. And then there was like some German, half German kids. And then obviously us were half American, half Japanese. And there was a、mm-hmm. couple other of those kids. So it was a very like multicultural mix and very interesting dynamic with languages going on. Yeah, for sure. I imagine also the sort of party events would have been. Maybe stuff that you hadn't experienced before. If any of the sort of like Russian party stuff filtered in, or no, I think it was, no, think it was very. It was outside, so we just went to a park, and、mm-hmm. we just kind of took over this park space, and the kids just kind of ran around doing their own thing, and it was a little girls' party who happens to love Frozen, so、mm-hmm. the mom just went crazy on Frozen decorations all over the park. Meanwhile,、mm-hmm. it's like. I mean, the equivalent's like ninety something degrees with like eighty percent humidity, and you've got all these frozen decorations. It <laughs> yeah, just looks kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese were shaking their head at how unseasonal it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did get a lot of looks. It was a busy park, but、mm. it was okay. Did I tell you before that we went to a birthday party here in the U.S.? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, kids, did. kids' birthday party.、Um, it was similar. It was outdoor. And、nice. uh, it was a little girls' party, but、um, it was really fun. I'm always curious as to how much my kid is like engaging with or understanding、mm. that we're doing something fun, you know? Because <laughs> he'll giggle at the ceiling a lot, or he'll just stare at everyone dead faced at a party, you know. So、right. hopefully he's getting something out of it. But did Coda seem to enjoy himself in any new and unique ways at the party? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of similar. He just kind of looked around, took it all in. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty hot day,、uh-huh. so I mean, a lot of it was either like we were carrying him or holding him, and I sweat through a whole t-shirt. And... Yeah, <laughs> so I think he he did okay for the circumstances. My updates this week are a list of firsts. We had、mm. so many firsts in the last two weeks. I should say、uh, it's just been amazing. The first first is that.、Um, Nico, for the first time, and this is at seven months, he really protested when I took something away from him. Oh, and yeah, he、um, he had a remote control, you know, and he's like chewing on the remote and getting his saliva <laughs> in all the buttons and everything. I'm like,、oh, I don't know about that. And for the first seven months of his life, you could just remove something from his hands, and he instantly forgets that he ever had it. Right. But、um, in the seventh month, he like kept looking at the remote and then got really fussy and cried, and it was like. A switch had flipped with him, and now it's any time you take anything away from them that he was interested in, the、mm. waterworks starts, and he、uh, he starts to shout about it.、Wow. So he's developed like it just happened overnight.、Uh, at some point in the seventh month, he developed a real attachment to the thing that he wants to be playing with. Interesting.、Uh, that was kind of a new thing for us. And then you have to learn the tips and the tricks and the ways to like. Judo, like one new thing into his hands while taking something else out of his hands, and、mm. put it behind your back so he doesn't see it. He kind of forgets it a little bit, and there's <laughs> a fine art to that, to be sure.、Uh, 
um, my sister who worked in childcare for a long, long time, she's a real pro at any given time. She'll have like four toys in her hands and she's just like cycling through them with the kid, you know, also nice. kids get tired of stuff and want something else. So, uh, she's just juggling toys and her kids happy as can be all the time. Nice. So, uh, that's, uh, that's the way to go. You got to develop those skills though, for sure. Hmm. The next first was Nico had his first honest to God banana. Wow. And this was just, you peel a banana and hold it in front of his face. He's not so big on using his hands to put things in his mouth yet. That's a different skill. But hmm. if you hold the banana in front of his face, he'll launch his face toward it and <laughs> put his mouth on the banana horizontally, like onto the side <laughs> of the banana. And he has no teeth, by, by the way. He's just totally gums. Gum in it. But yeah, you don't realize how effective the gums and the saliva are you have the banana there for just a few seconds and you pull it away and there's like a chunk missing, like it was a shark attack or something. (laughs) And then uh, little by little, you kind of rotate the banana and keep holding it for him. And before we knew it, he had eaten half of a real banana. Wow. And uh, it was just amazing. I mean, I, uh, I didn't know he would be able to do that. I thought for sure he would just not understand what we were doing with this huge solid thing. Cause it still eats solid food, but it's kind of mushy Right. Um, but he just like took to it like a real pro. So we're, uh, you know, you want to mind the size and that's a big choking hazard and that sort of thing. Hmm. So of course you'll want to be very vigilant and watching him eating it the whole time. Uh, but he can eat an actual human banana. Wow. Way to go. Did you, is he drinking like water out of a cup too? Or are you like following it down with some water? Yeah, we'll do uh, some water from time to time. He'll drink out of a bottle, like bottled water. You have to tip it up for him and just give him a little bit. But Mm. we've had a few days where we were kind of out in the sun at some event and we have our bottled water and he just takes pulls off of it the same as we do Mm. all through the day. Nice. Um, Of course, you don't want to over uh, over feed your baby with water. You don't want to give your baby too much water. Because the thinking is they'll feel full and then they've missed out on a lot of nutrition that should be there through breast milk. But if they're sweaty and you're doing it very judiciously, then Mm. you can give them bits of water. And he's gotten into the sippy cup, you know, the little cup with the lid Mm. with just the little spout. And then he can drink out of that, too. He can't really hold it up, but that's another way to get a little bit of water into his system while he's eating something. Yeah, I was wondering because the banana is not quite as liquidy as some of the other pureed foods that you're probably giving him so yeah for sure it's always good to help him wash it down and Mm. again with just like little bits of water his next first was his first haircut Ooh, huge news yeah that kid's got some hair i'm surprised this if you waited this long yeah he was born with what i consider to be like 70s rock star hair you know just kind of like long and uh not down to his shoulders but like very wavy long hair um, and, uh, my wife said, it's time to go. And to be fair, it, it probably was time to go. It's cute from the top, like down to his ears, but from the back of his head, like mullet style down over his shirt, right. it's uh, a little bit, uh, hard to manage. So, um, my wife, we watched a bunch of YouTube videos. That's the best advice I can give wetted <laughs> his hair down. And then my wife just took the hair, just like a stylist, you know, take the hair between your fingers and, uh, just give it a cut as straight as you can. Hmm. And my stepmom stood in front of him and danced and made noise so that (laughs) he could be like focused on something, but still he'll like whip his head around while you've got these scissors next to him. So you got to be very careful with it. 
seems very dangerous. Yeah. And that's my ultimate advice is leave it to your wife because I just can't imagine, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be responsible for that. No. Uh, my, my wife seemed to take it over and, uh, and do it very well. Of course, part of the baby's first haircut is that it needs to be a little wacky <laughs> and he's moving around. He's only seven months, you know, so it's not going to be straight and, but it'll be cute anyway. And his hair is long enough. We left it totally long on the very top. And then oh, we nice. just sort of trimmed up the bangs cause they were in his eyes and trimmed up the mullets and that sort of thing. Hmm. So he's still got sort of longish looking hair, but just a bit trimmed and you can still sweep it around and not notice that it's uneven. Hmm. But anyway, first haircuts in the books. We kept the clippings and put them in an envelope and then wrote the date and stuff like that. So oh, I don't know cool. if you'll do that on your baby's first haircut several years from now when he gets yeah, his first haircut. Yeah, maybe when he's two, he'll get his first haircut. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> so my yeah, my nephew has fine blonde hair and he's over two and he's never had a haircut. It's oh, just really? was kind of fine and never really came in too thickly. Now it's good. But oh. uh, he's two years, no haircut. So that might be in Coda's future. I don't know. Oh, I was joking, but I guess it might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could happen. The next first was today. We did the first trip to the zoo. Ooh. This was the Louisville Zoo in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't know if you find this with Coda, but sometimes I know he's about to do something for the first time or do something new that he's never experienced. And then I totally misjudge what his reaction will be to that thing. You know, my big example was we filled up the little baby's like waiting swimming pool with water. And I thought this is just going to be cold. He's going to be like, why are you putting me in this cold thing? And he's going to hate it and cry immediately. But he just kicked and splashed for 30 minutes when we put him in that pool. He just like loved it. So the zoo was pretty similar. I thought he doesn't even know what animals are. And like uh, we were going with his older cousins who are, mm. you know, toddler age and can really look and name animals and stuff. Some of them. So it's more for them. And we just sort of went along for the family atmosphere. Right. But uh, Nico would stare long and hard at every animal in every exhibit, like just taking it all in. Yeah. And it might be the novelty of it that he had never seen that stuff before. Or maybe it was just the motion, like kind of a big open space. And then one thing's pacing around mm. like a tiger or wild boar or something in there but he really locked into it and uh his legs were kicking he was waving his hands around and he seemed to really enjoy seeing animals nice um it was crazy i mean like there were gorillas uh, an orangutan giraffe elephants like a pretty big zoo Hmm. and uh nico just got right into it even at seven months so that was a big surprise to me yeah i always wonder like because like they see a lot of these animals in like books or on tv or something but like Uh in person it's got to be different and I don't know if they understand that there is the difference yet. I've always wondered about that uh, from a picture to the real life thing, or even pictures of your parents. Like, yeah. why is mommy not moving in this picture? <laughs> oh, but there she's moving. Like between videos and all that, I have no idea what goes on in their mind, but I guess they're figuring out the framework for it all. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it turns out the zoo was a pretty big hit for him, even nice. just at seven months. So fear not to go for the zoo early. I'll let Moe take him. I'm not a big fan of zoos. I'm in general not either. I'm a huge aquarium guy, but Mm. uh, I haven't been to a zoo in many, many years. The last first on my list, and this will take us right into segments and land, is his first sickness. Mm. You may be hearing uh, sort of the remainder of his first sickness in my voice right now because I, too, got pretty sick. I think we should just head over there. And talk about it in a totally different venue, totally different area. 
segmenting. Let's go. I got my bag ready. All right, we're now in segmenting. I'm much more comfortable speaking about it here. Um, I unpacked as well. That's good. <laughs> this cold came to, it's the common cold. So nothing too alarming or outside the box, just the good old straight down the middle common cold. That was kind of my first question was like, is this a COVID cold? <laughs> or is this- Oh, yeah. Well, I think um, the whole house got it at once. And mm. I did a COVID test, my first ever COVID test. It's a first for me. Wow. Um, and it, it was negative. And then my wife started showing symptoms, I think, a day later. So she took a COVID test and hers was negative. So we were reasonably sure that COVID had not invaded the house. That was your first ever? First ever COVID test, yeah. Wow. Never had to do one before. Did you do the up the nose one or just the spit one? Yeah, the up the nose one, like the at home version. Um, and oh. it gives you a little test tube and all that. But Terrible. yeah, we did it. Yeah, it wasn't uh, too pleasant, but it's nice to get the negative back. So right. I'm still one of like whatever the 10% Americans, you know, that... Uh, <laughs> have not gotten COVID yet. I think that's actually the number. It's like 10 to 20%. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculously low. (laughs) Yeah. So COVID test negative, that's good. Uh, Narrowed it down to the common cold. And patient zero was my nephew, uh, the aforementioned toe-headed two-year-old. He came over with a runny nose and coughing and, you know, through the night couldn't sleep well, but he was staying at this house with us. And uh, sure enough, I got it from him. And then my wife started showing signs, my stepmom, then Nico, and uh, we all just got waylaid by the common cold. I guess I'm on day six of it now, wow. and my head is just like so much pressure and, and all this kind of stuff. I actually went to the doctor, got medicine, and this is me like post-medicine as well. That's a hell of a cold, six days, and you're still feeling it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What I think may be my downfall is that I haven't been sick for like four years because I wasn't sick for like a year leading up to COVID. And I was like, hey, I haven't been sick for a year. This is great. Then COVID happened. Everything locked down. People stopped exchanging germs at all. And I didn't get sick at all through that period. So I think my immune system is way low at this point. So uh, symptoms, of course, are fever. uh, As this presented in in Nico, it was a fever. At one point, it was like 101.5. I've consulted with Siri, and it's about 38 and a half, uh, mm. 38.5.6 degrees Celsius. Pretty high. Yeah, reasonably high temp for a baby. And it's kind of alarming because, you know, over 100, you start to worry a bit and need to treat it for mm. real. And then 101, and then you're halfway to 102. And in my mind, like 103 is like, okay, let's think about the emergency room or something, you know, and you don't know how high it's going to climb. So uh, there's a bit of worry, especially the first night when he started showing the fever. The symptoms of a fever, by the way, are that Nico stops talking. He stops waving his arms and he just stares off into space. (laughs) And He's just like, I am not having this. He wasn't crying about it, but all of his energeticness just got shut off. And you could just sit with him on a chair and he would just stare forward, like not enjoying himself. Oh, that's terrible. Sounds sad. That was not good. Um, Also a runny nose and a cough. So these Mm. were the main problematic symptoms uh, that Nico exhibited. Fever, Mm. runny nose, and cough. Something that came up in my mind was like, well, what kind of medicines can I give him? What kind of medicines should I give him? And uh, we, you know, we had the other kid who was two who had been sick and we treated it with Tylenol, like baby Tylenol. Mm -hmm. And he responded to that pretty well. So 
we didn't immediately think let's rush to the pediatrician. We thought like, well, it's the same cold. Let's try to treat it the same way, basically. Yeah. Uh, But then I also looked up things online to see what I should do. And the Mayo Clinic uh, has great advice about this, which was news to me. I didn't know any of this stuff. One thing it says, uh, this is mayoclinic.org, and the heading is common cold in babies. The first thing it says here is uh, for fever-reducing medicines, it says you can use over-the-counter fever-reducing medications if a fever is making your child uncomfortable. However, these medications don't kill the cold virus. Fever is a part of your child's natural response to the virus, so it may help to allow your child to have a low-grade fever. Right. So that makes perfect sense. Um, but then you're balancing all this against like the child's ability to sleep. Uh, right. You know, the child like screaming his head off because like his symptoms are kind of getting the better of him. And so you need to balance as best you can. And at a certain point, we thought, you know, 101.5, we thought we got to get this fever under control. Mm. Um, the next bit of advice, it says, for treatment of fever or pain in children, consider giving your child infants or children's over-the-counter fever and pain medications such as acetaminophen, Tylenol, and others, or ibuprofen, like Advil, Motrin, and others. These are safer alternatives to aspirin. Hmm. So the um, that's the advice, acetaminophen or ibuprofen. The other thing is that if you look at even like infants Tylenol, it says the advice for two years and up, but anything under that, it says consult a doctor. Right. So... In lieu of a doctor, uh, we were at the pharmacy and we talked to the pharmacist. So Mm. the pharmacist uh, gave us the breakdown and she uh, told us, well, he's this many pounds, he's this many months old, that equates to X number of milligrams or uh, milliliters. And the infant Tylenol is liquid, of course, and it comes with a uh, syringe or a plunger, you know, with no no needle, of course. Okay. But you just uh, like, you know, draw it out. Right. Yeah, and then uh, give it to the baby that way. The next big question is, is the baby going to like medicine? And I think kind of the saving grace is he hasn't eaten very much at all. And there's a basic sweetness to the medicine, like the added cherry flavor or grape flavor or something. So he was lapping it up. He couldn't Mm. get enough medicine. It it was like we would take the medicine out of his mouth and he would cry because he liked it so much. Hmm. Um, that might have been his first experience with anything sort of artificially sweetened, I think. And it really, yeah, definitely. Like, he just loved it. Do you know if they have any equivalent type stuff in Japan? I have never looked. Um, the classic thing in Japan, of course, is that the medications are weak uh, compared to the U.S. Right. They generally allow a higher dosage of the active ingredient in the U.S. Japan doesn't do that. And I assume with children's medication, it's like that much weaker. Um, mm. But I actually have no info on this. Okay. So we were just using American over-the-counter stuff, which would probably cure the common cold in a small horse. But um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we had. So um, back to the Mayo Clinic. Something else that's interesting about it is, okay, that's fever and pain reduction, right? We got that out of the way. But he also has a cough and a runny nose. So I was searching, can you give the baby something for a cough or for runny nose? The Mayo Clinic says, cough and cold medications aren't safe for infants and young children. Over-the-counter cough and cold medications don't treat the underlying cause of a child's cold and won't make it go away sooner, and they can be dangerous to your baby. Cough Mm. and cold medications have potentially serious side effects, including fatal overdoses in children younger than two years old. 
don't use over-the-counter medicines except for fever reducers and pain relievers to treat coughs and colds in children younger than six years old. Younger than six years old, it even says. Hmm. And it says, also consider avoiding use of these medicines for children younger than 12 years old. So that's a pretty hard line that the Mayo Clinic takes. Uh, They say, fever and pain, okay, but cough and cold, just hope that the fever and, yeah, wait it out and hope that maybe the pain aspect of the fever and pain reduction medicine will affect the cough and cold somewhat, somehow. Interesting. I found some uh, information on Japanese fever and cold medicine and there there is a few actually that one specifically says cough syrup <laughs> which you just said not to take uh-oh uh and this one says three months to one year you give like th- three milliliters so mm. a really tiny amount uh mm. then there's another one decongestant they have you can give three to six months old also three milliliters um and then they have like nasal aspirators and stuff like that that are about the same yeah as for the cough and cold stuff i don't know how that jibes with what the mayo clinic has advised because they seem to be kind of at odds i think it depends on the ingredient like here they're listing like acetaminophen and like Uh tylenol type stuff separately and they say not for kids under three the tylenol specifically and the acetaminophen is not for kids under three yeah yeah but the fever cough stuff which i think like in America, they I think they sometimes include that in those medicines, but mm-hmm. maybe the ones in Japan don't include that. Like they're just separately for the cough or the decongestant. Yeah, interesting. Well, um, I think the moral of the story on all of this is like when the kid's under two uh, or under three, as you read, then you just have to ask a doctor or pharmacist yeah. basically everything because there will be no dosage guide. So you can't right. get away with it at all, um, just trying to do it on your own. So then hopefully the doctor would step in with the advice about which one to use or not and that doctor's opinion on the safety of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of things you can do. Uh, one is just um, you know keep wiping your baby's nose, suction your baby's nose. Uh, as you mentioned, it says here on the Mayo Clinic website, you can try nasal saline drops. Mm. And uh, these are... I guess supposed to be fine. We didn't do that actually, but you can try it. One thing we did try is to moisten the air uh, with Mm. a humidifier. So just making the room uh, a bit moister than it's supposed to make the, the like mucus flow more freely and then clear out the passage rather than it kind of gunking them up, I guess. So in Japan, just open a window. Yeah, open a window <laughs> and then hope that the humidity doesn't kill him. And if it doesn't, he'll survive his common cold. That's right. That was the Mayo Clinic advice. Now, here's a, tr- a little trivia question for you. Oh. What do you think was the worst aspect of the cold? And I have an answer for this, but it was predominantly a fever. It was a runny nose and a cough. Which two of those three do you think was the worst to deal with? Maybe the cough. Not the cough, Um, which in this case, he didn't have a a really bad pronounced cough. Hmm. Um, He would cough just a few times every hour. uh, But if he was, you know, coughing on minutes on end and like getting his throat raw, that would have been a different story. So his cough was really light. So that didn't really factor in. But between the fever and the runny nose, it turns out that by far the worst thing is the runny nose Hmm. because... The effect is that both of his nostrils are stopped up and then he can't nurse anymore. Oh, right. 
because they've got like a very nice airflow going on through those nostrils. And I don't know if Coda's like this, but Nico is at the point where he can pretty much only sleep if he's got like the comfort nursing going on, you know, he doesn't Mm. have to have like a full 30 minutes of nursing, but if he wakes up in the night, just a couple of minutes of nursing and then he's right back to sleep. But without that nursing, like he would have his, you know, mouth on for say five or 10 seconds and then can't breathe and then has to abandon it and is fussy and then tries to drink again, five or 10 seconds abandons it and is fussy. (laughs) And this went on for hours, like actually for hours where he just couldn't get himself to sleep. So the runny nose messes with everything. Like the fever, you give him a shot of the medicine, and within 15, 20 minutes, that fever kind of goes away. Hmm. But uh, the runny nose is something that's basically impossible to deal with. Yeah, we're kind of at the same level of sleep comfort feeding Uh with Coda. So this is actually some, I think, some good advice. Maybe try to be a little proactive and get him out of that habit. Yeah, because it's definitely a habit he started to form and gotten used to like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm waking up at night. I'll cry. Mom will pick me up. I'll get some boob and then I'll go back to sleep. That's Nico all over these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So my only tips when this uh, arrives, when the situation happens, first of all, what my wife did, these are all her ideas, you know, um, because she was the one like dealing with it firsthand uh, to breastfeed the child vertically like to let him sit in your lap and just go vertical. Interesting. Um, like kind of head on, yeah. you know, um, and then vertically his nose can drain a bit. That's the whole hmm. point, I guess. And you can wipe it away and then maybe he can get a few minutes in of nursing before it, it gets to him again. If he's laying down, there's almost no hope that it'll drain. Right. So uh, the next one is to give the baby Tylenol preemptively for a few nights. Uh, because mm. his fever went away, but then like, I don't know, 20 hours later it came back and we thought it was gone. You know, it had been gone for almost a whole day. Uh, mm. So then we realized, you know, we gave up on the Tylenol a bit too soon. And for the next couple of nights, just before bed, we gave him the Tylenol to at least keep the fever down. So then he, maybe he won't wake up in pain and restless and discomfort. And right. then it, it helped him sleep a bit longer. My other bit of advice here sort of no holds barred on TV and food within reason. Mm. Um, If you can just distract the kid from his sickness, just go for it. So any video that you don't want him to watch too much of, just give it to him. Any uh, like food that he likes already, try to load him up with that food, you know, Mm. Um, just anything you can do to try and keep him like as happy or comfortable as possible. Get him eating something. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do for myself when I'm sick. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, exactly. And just all the time. (laughs) That's what we do all the time. The last piece of advice I have is uh, no juice, like no, you know, professionally manufactured juice. Uh, I thought that this would be a good idea just to get some like vitamin C into his system. So I searched around online, like, can you give your baby orange juice? And the answer was always no, don't give the baby orange juice. It's way too much like sugar for the nutrition that it offers. Mm. And um, it like, you know, could throw them out of whack on their nutritional balance. Uh, The only thing you can do is you could, if he's at this stage ready for fruits, you could like mash up an orange and feed that to him with a spoon. So Mm. you can kind of go direct like that. So he had his first orange as well to try and combat the cold a little bit. Anyway, that was our bout with sickness. Sorry to hear it. So he's all better now or is it 
lingering. Yeah, I would say he's mostly better now. His uh, nose, he's always been a really clean baby mm. uh, in terms of like not drooling too much, not too much of a runny nose. But for this last week, he's had a real runny nose and then he gets like a crusty nose and a crusty face and everything. <laughs> so he's still, I would say, like got 25% of a crusty face. But um, we are attending to it as we can. And nice. uh, I think by tomorrow, the next day, it should be gone. So give it a week, I guess. And then mm. uh, he was all, he'll be all better. That's good to hear. That's all I have for the segment. Uh, we can get into McWiffier. Let's, let's have it. This is a pretty simple question, but what is your ideal number of children to have yourself? And, right. uh, or do you even have such a number in mind? I do not have a number in mind. I think about this. I, I feel like one is my ideal number. Yeah, so you're there. And, and if we end up having more, that's fine. Uh-huh. But I, I have no intention. That's good. So you're good with one. A good amount of attention can be paid to him. Yeah. And he can be like minded and taken care of. Yeah. What about you? I think in the back of my mind, it just seems fun to have a lot of people around mm. and, uh, but you don't want to go crazy to the point that you need to like start buying a new house and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, we, you know, that pretty much lands me on three. I think mm. like one is totally good. You get all the attention and then you can balance out your life quite a lot, you know? And then two is also perfectly fine. You've got two and they can sort of hang out with each other and take care of each other. But then three really turns into a wild party. Yeah. And then I feel like uh, it would be so tough to get over, say, the first decade, decade and a half of having three. But then <laughs> as you get older, you have more like sort of family events are a bit bigger. Hmm. If they have their own kids, there's a lot of cousins and stuff. Your family is pretty big, right? You've got a couple sisters and stuff. Yeah, I've got a couple of sisters and a stepsister and a stepbrother, but we all grew up, right. you know, we're all the same age and we've known each other for a long, long time. So in my mind, it's like three sisters and a brother okay, uh, plus me. So kind of five of us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, everybody's up to something all the time and there's always enough people around to help with stuff. And uh, yeah, it's good. Now, you know, we're all in our like 20s, 30s and well, 20s and 30s, I should say. Mm. But uh, as kids, it must have been a lot to manage um, for our parents. But Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good stuff. So maybe also because I, I grew up with two sisters, um, there were three of us. And then in my mind, hmm. that's my, my number for some reason. But I feel like three would be, that's when you get into party zone. And the party only gets bigger as you get more kids. Uh, it obviously gets more expensive and way harder to handle. But um <laughs> I guess I would be okay, like sky's the limit, basically, though I'm 39, as is my wife, if I may reveal our ages. So yeah. I don't know if we're going to hit seven, eight. I'm not sure if that's in the cards, <laughs> but um, maybe there could be a second one, maybe a third one, or just one is a-okay. Uh, it's just, you know, they're all like right answers, basically. That's kind of my concern, too. I'm 41, uh -huh. and if I start piling on the kids, like my energy level is just going to drop to nothing yeah <laughs> like yeah. i'm gonna have no energy for anything else it's just yeah. gonna be wrangling kids for the next 10 years 
Yeah, you will not enjoy like them as adults because you'll be long dead. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> they will have destroyed you by that time. Yeah, I, I see that for sure. I think we could manage. I mean, you you know, everything that comes along, you just yeah reorganize your life a bit and, and get through. Yeah, so, I'm sure it'd be uh, all right. It's just that's my concern. Ideal kid numbers one or three. Take your pick. I think it's uh Japanese of the daytime. I actually have a Japanese of the day. Yeah, you are Mr. Japanese of the day now. I think it's because you're in Japan. Um, um, yeah, I'm still surrounded by it, so yeah, it's easy for me. I, I've got no Japan, and your wife informed me that I messed up the last Japanese of the day, so I think I'm off duty for a while. <laughs> I wouldn't say messed up. It's just like a slight pronunciation error. It still cut me deep, Mark. Cut me deep. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry about that. Well, this week, I got a word that I got called and kind of, I mean, it sounds like an offensive thing to say to somebody, but I don't think it's meant that way. And the word is Oyabaka. Oyabaka. Oyabaka, which just basically translates to an overly fond parent or a doting parent. But the word, it's just so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, to break it down, like, Oya means just parent by itself and then baka means stupid or dumb (laughs) parent stupid stupid parent (laughs) you stupid parent but it's like this this idea that like oh he's overly fond of his kids so he's oh yeah baka but i Mm. kind of feel like every parent should be oh yeah baka yeah to a point yeah and like you should be doting over your kid a bit and like so I take offense to it a little bit. You don't want to be on the other end of the spectrum because that's just negligence. Right. And then, <laughs> and then even in the middle, it's like, yeah, he's average as a parent. Yeah. So he'll get that seized through, through high school. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I know that phrase, uh, baka, is such a good Japanese word because it does mean stupid. Yeah. And in Japanese, often there will be like a noun with baka afterward, and it means you're obsessed with that thing. Mm. Um, it's interesting that it's oya baka because it sounds like then it should be the child who's obsessed with his parents because, you know, oya mm. means parents. But I would have thought like baby baka or something would be better, but it's oya baka. That's interesting. I mean, if you put it that way, then it's just, isn't it like a negative, like, I don't really want to say, but doesn't that quite mean like pedophile then? <laughs> No, it could be, yeah. That could be why he's wild for babies. Yeah, that uh, might might cross the line. Yeah. I think um, there's a really good English translation for this in some instances. And I've mm. been saying it a lot recently because um, Nico's been like getting used to new things. And he got into, uh, it's like a walker, but a walker kind of with uh, some springy things elevating it a bit. Mm, so he nice. can jump up and down. And um, I guess you'd call it a bouncer or maybe a jumper or something, but he's standing and jumping with his own two feet. That's cool. And he'll sit there and jump for minutes on end. And I've been calling him like, I'm like, Nico, you're a jumping fool. And it's that (laughs) like blank fool is like a great translation of that Uh baka that the Japanese use. Yeah. Uh, And I always thought, you know, I, I always worry about these things being sort of filtered through my wife, you know, translating it in her mind. If it's the first time she's heard that phrase, right. it's like, why do you keep calling our son stupid? But it's just <laughs> like kind of a way of, you know, saying what he's into. Right. Uh, so yeah, that Baca 
translates as stupid, but maybe carries that same weight as like, you know, you are mm-hmm. a bouncing fool, son. Um, so hopefully it's more innocent, as you said, and not as harsh as it may sound. Yeah, it definitely is. I just take it the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you like Hulk smash somebody. <laughs> well, uh, good Japanese of the day. We can wrap this baby up with some dad jokes. Sounds good. How many do you have today? I've got two and yourself. I could do two. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in mine. I'm going to start so we can end with yours. Okay. <laughs> um, the first one. This is because we went to the zoo today, so I'm still in zoo mode. What color socks do polar bears wear? White. <laughs> Actually, they, they wear no socks. They have bare feet. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, how do you learn more about spiders that live in the rainforest? uh let me think let me think let me think you always take these as like a personal challenge yeah, i know they are <laughs> i feel as though i should be able to get them uh i have no idea you check out their website okay okay yeah nice makes sense but why in the jungle I think Did it's just anywhere. That... I mean, why is it oh, a polar okay. bear? It could have been any bear. <laughs> I, I was trying to throw you with the color. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. This one. Another zoo joke. Hmm. There was a baguette in a cage at the zoo. What did the sign under it say? I don't know. I... <laughs> <laughs> Once again... There was a baguette, the French bread. There was a baguette in a cage at the zoo. What did the sign under it say? It said, bread in captivity. (laughs) so sad. (laughs) It's so sad. (laughs) That's why I don't go to zoos. (laughs) (laughs) Sad little baguette. Oh, all right. That's an easy one for you. Mm. Why did the sun go to school? Uh, Something like... To prove how bright he was. Oh, we are close. To get brighter. Okay, okay, good. All right. Very very uh, pro-education. Yeah, that's all I got today. So, thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at jpops.com. Talk to you next time. It's pizza time.